It's good to see you all this morning. Please turn to your Bible to Luke chapter 15. Have you ever had someone misunderstand or assume wrongly about your motives? Yep. That's also true about fathers. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about fathers and children. This is not a passage that most people preach on on Father's Day. Many of you, as you turn there, you, it, I think it's mislabeled in the Bible. The, the story of what they call the prodigal son. I think the focus is on the wrong, the wrong party here, if you will. And so uh, I, would have rela- I would relabel this section in your Bible, a father's heart. And so I think that that... Uh, it's funny how they focused on that. You know, the headings in your Bible were not God-inspired. You realize that, right? The little titles and all of that. The chapters and verses. You know, I this, this, this is an old seminary joke story, but they asked us, do we know how that everything got its chapter and verse? And they said, and of course, you know, we're all sitting there going, no, all these pastors, pre-pastors, if you will. And they said they put a guy with the manuscripts on the back of a cart with a, with a horse. And they sent him down the road and they, they picked up the speed on the horse and told him to mark all the... And so anywhere he hit the thing, it became a chapter and a verse. On the, yeah. So there you go. Alright, so now you know where it came from. Alright, so we're going to jump into uh, Luke 15. And we're going to read verses 11 through verse 32. And he said, a man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of my estate that falls to me. So he divided his wealth between them. And not many days later, the younger son gathered everything together and went on a journey into a distant country. And there he squandered his estate with loose living. Now, when he had spent everything, a severe famine occurred in that country. And he began to be impoverished. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods the swine were eating, and and no one was giving giving anything to him. But when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread, but I am dying here with hunger? I will get up and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired men. So he got up and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said, he had to be older than 16 for this to have happened. And the son said to to him, Father... I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And bring in the fatted calf, kill it. And let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. And they began to celebrate. Now, his oldest son was in the field. And when he came and approached the house... And heard music and dancing, he summoned one of the servants and began inquiring what these things could be. And he said to him, 
Your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he became angry and was not willing to go in. And his father came out and began pleading with him. But he answered and said to his father, Look, for many years I've been serving you, and I've never neglected a command of yours, and yet you have never given me a young goat, so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your wealth with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you have always been with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, for this brother of yours was dead and has begun to live and was lost and has been found. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. And Father, I pray this morning that you'll speak to our heart. And I pray that we'll see from this a father's heart. I pray that you will help us to understand why you chose to place this in in your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, as we discuss the Father's heart, we're going to learn that fathers give. We'll see that kids don't get it. Fathers have compassion, and kids will compete for your love. And so it's an interesting study as you take a look at this. And maybe we'll walk away with a new heading, if you will. We begin with the fact that fathers give. The truth is that we are here and what we are and what we have and what we've done came because we had a father willing to give. You know, we may, you may not realize that, you may not think that, um, but when you buy your first pack of diapers, kids, and you free, and it's a lot of money, isn't it? And uh, you, you give toys, you give room, you buy property because they need a place, and you provide Father's give. And so he, <laughs> they invest in us the truth. You are here and you are who you are because your Father gave. He invested in us. If you think back, there's probably some things your Father taught you. There may be some things your father taught you that you wish he hadn't taught you. But we still have learned things from our fathers as they've invested in us just by being our father. Here, the father divides his wealth between his two sons. He says he divides it between them. And so, but it was at the request of the younger son. It seems to indicate that the brother who stayed received his portion also. Because he divided it among them. So he gave the younger son his. And he said, if this is the demarcation point, then this is yours. And then uh, you will receive all this. This is yours. So at this point, the younger son was not the only son who received their inheritance. The older son had as well. We see that later in the passage when he said, everything that I have is yours. Because that was how the division worked. And so the father gave. He didn't seem to ask a lot of questions or hesitate at all. Did you notice that? He asked, said, Father, I want my inheritance. He said, here you go. Here you go. He just gave it to him. Because he had a giving heart for his son. 
Now, I'm not saying that we're not using this as an example of wisdom, because it takes wisdom to handle money, doesn't it? It takes a lot of wisdom. People, you know, want money, but it takes, it's, um, it, money's a heavy lift. Is money the root of all evil? No, the love of it is. Money can build a hospital, or you can do other terrible things with it. You can be a greedy miser. And so money is money is never the problem. We think it is a lot of times. But it's not. It's hard. And so the father, did you just give it? Listen. You know, when a father gives to you, do you realize, you know, we grow up in a society here in America today that expects, don't we? We expect a certain thing. We expect to be given to. We expect, uh, this is mine. You know, it's funny. I didn't grow up, we didn't grow up with cell phones and the internet. Right? That's a, that's a newer invention. And, but in today's world, it almost seems like, well, that's always been there. You know, I remember when you had to pay for the, every minute you used on the cell phone. So, and texting didn't even exist. Uh, Terry, Terry and I got our, we were married before we got our first cell phone. It was a cell phone to share. It was a big old flip phone where you, it had a battery. It was about that thick on the back. And it was like, you'd make the call and you go, hey, I'm coming home. I'll be there in like 10 minutes. Okay. It was three minutes, you know, on the, or whatever. We were counting our minutes. Because you only got like 150 minutes a month. That was back in the day. <laughs> But today, it's all free anymore, right? Right? Isn't, isn't our cell phones free? Don't y'all get a, y'all don't get a, y'all get a bill in the mail? Kids, students, young people, cell phones are not free. The minutes are not free. They're being paid for. There's nothing free in this life. If it comes to you free, somebody else paid for it. Salvation isn't even free. It's free to us because Jesus paid for it. And so fathers give, this father gives to his son. Did the father's son know his son wasn't ready to manage his portion of the wealth? That's, was, that's the word I wrote down, probably. Parents, you know your kids, don't you? Parents? Yes. Yeah. And the same way you parents knew your, know your kids, your parents knew you. I still we know. We know. Yeah, you're in an in-between state there. You're surrounded. Yeah, you better be careful how you answer today. I have witnesses. You're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. <laughs> But fathers give. It, probably he knew. Parents know better than we realize. They know it. We think we're so slick sometimes and our parents knew the whole time and then just sometimes they chose not to let us know they knew. You ever do that, parents? Yep, all the time. Yep. There's probably some things my parents know that I still don't know that they know. That's just part of the journey. <laughs> This would be an interesting Father's Day lunch today. <laughs> Probably. Yet, he let his son go anyway. 
He let him go anyway. Even though he knew. Even though he knew he wasn't ready. Even though he knew what would probably happen. We don't know this. We're speculating from our own experience. But he lets his son go. His younger son. And so... (laughs) He gave him his freedom. And you know what else he gave him? He gave him the lessons that are coming with it. So fathers give. Fathers give. But I got news for you fathers. Kids don't understand the father's love. We don't, we don't get it. It's part of, I don't, I don't, I think it's just part of our, um, Ignorance and our lack of understanding. So his son, watch how this plays out. So his son spent all the inheritance. He hits rock bottom as a starving servant and realizes that moment that his father is a good man. When he gets to the end of this whole thing, he said, and he goes, man, even my dad's servants have plenty of food. Now, I want you to realize something from the story for just a second. This is a Jewish setting. Here, the son has gone out. He's blown it all. He finds him a job. Listen, kids, get a job. (laughs) But a job that is safe and healthy and... But he's he's a Jewish boy in the story. He's a Jewish boy... And he's out feeding what? Pigs. Which was a forbidden animal. So he's he's hit pretty low. I mean, he's he's going lower than you think. It's interesting that they pick swine. And I don't know if you guys... I saw this... Um, it was a special. It was on some engineering thing that I was watching. But they were feeding pigs in Vegas. And... Uh, what they would do is they would take all the old leftovers from the buffets and at all the casinos and they put it in this giant vat and they boil it to make sure it was safe and it forms this slop and they would just pour it out for these pigs and it was still steaming from the thing because they wanted to make sure it was safe but there were corn cobs and there was there was um, uh, bagels and other things that were all in there that are boiled leftover meat scraps and that's what they were getting. They were getting the leftovers, the, the discarded food that had spoiled. This kid was desiring spoiled food. He was that hungry. And so, at rock bottom, he realizes, man, my dad's a good man. Even his servants have plenty of food. Because he was a servant and they were not feeding him. But his father was. So he learned something. The, le- the hard lessons in life do help your children understand about how good you are. Now, parents, you don't want anything bad to happen to your kids, do you? No, you'd almost rather it happen to you, right? But we all know that we learn things. We learn more from the bad things that happen than the good things. And that's tough. That's it's tough to say, I'm going to let this happen. How many of you parents have ever had to let your kid do something that you knew was going to hurt them? 
That's hard, isn't it? It's like, because you love them. No matter how ornery they are, no matter how... I mean, of course your kids aren't ornery. I'm speaking for myself. But... It's because you love them. You don't want anything bad to happen to them. But those things are the equipping things that come in life. And so this boy, he decides to return home, hoping that his father would accept him as a servant. See, that tells us that he didn't really understand who he was. You don't ever stop being your parents' kid based on the decision that you make. Now, have there been families who said we have disowned them? There have been. There have been. They've said that. But you can't disown something that you are. A son is always a son. And that father is always their father, no matter what they say to each other. That bond is unbreakable. Isn't that interesting? That's why we're adopted in the family. He's our father. The bond is unbreakable. And so he decides to go home. He didn't understand who he was and the love that his father had for him. You know, can you imagine a father saying, yeah, you can be one of the servants. The only way to do that is to remain angry or embittered. But he had made the decision to let him go with the giving nature that he had. And so kids always assume less of their parents than their heart wants to give. How many, of you, how many of you children in here today, if you're under the age of 18, have wanted something from your parents that they did not give you? Right? They're afraid to raise their hand. And Scarlett, and Scarlett has no hope back there. <laughs> she ain't, I ain't moving. <laughs> She's with her grandparents, so she can't raise her hand. <laughs> and the thing is this. Your parents are not going to give you something that's going to hurt you. That they believe will hurt you. They give you things that they feel like will be a blessing. And so here is this boy. And he assumes, well, he didn't assume he could go back as his son. He assumed he could go back as a servant. And I think we do the same thing with God. Well, if he'll just use me a little here, if he'll just do this little thing with me, if, you know, I've been bad. I've been, uh, he put me on the shelf and God's not using me. You know, sometimes I think the shelf is school. I don't think he's not used. I think he's equipping us to be used. And we have that same opportunity to go back, but we crawl to God Instead of walking into his presence, knowing that everything we could ever say or do has been covered by the blood. And say, use me for your glory to the greatest possibility. Why wouldn't we do that? Because we have the same misunderstanding of God this point. We don't understand our relationship. We have the same misunderstanding he had. But fathers also have compassion. Verses 20 through 24, it tells us that as the son returns, now his speech is in the can. You ever done that, kids, students? 
yet, you know, I'm going to go and I kind of figure out what you're going to say to them when you're going to ask your parents for something. You know, we want to go swimming today. So, you know, if I clean my room and I do this and I do that, can we go swimming when I finish? You ever done that? We did that. Me and my sister used to plan that out. See, there's all kind of new things we found out today. We'd get a plan together. So team up. Kids, if you have brothers, team up. But he had his speech already. And he goes back and his father sees him a long way off and recognizes him. After what he'd been through, he's probably a little thinner. He'd been hungry. A long way off, he sees him and recognizes him. You know, and here it is. He feel, Can you imagine this, this boy feeling like he's crawling back, right? Already a little bit embarrassed. You ever been there as a kid? A little bit embarrassed. You know you've done the wrong thing. You're kind of crawling back, hoping to... And you're kind of gearing up. You ever gear up to talk to your parents? He's gearing up. And his dad ruins it. He sees him a long way off. And he runs to him. So he ruins it. The father really had every right to be upset, right? You went and blew everything. You really have nothing. What were you thinking, son? How could you have done this? How could you throw away all of your inheritance? There's nothing left for you. It's not what he did. (laughs) But he had every right to do that. The father chooses compassion over condemnation. He has compassion on his son. How can you have compassion because of what his son had done? How could you do that? Well, the reason is love, right? Because he loved him. Love demonstrates compassion. And it does every time. So instead of punishment... The son gets a party. I wish there was a preacher that had preached this to, to my family when I was a boy. The father is, here's the thing, the father's rejoicing because instead of seeing the bad choices, he saw the change. Instead of seeing the wrong choices, he sees the change the choices made in his son. And he chooses to celebrate that not drive him into the ground. Listen, do not let your own insecurity as a parent affect the way you parent your children. Because it will affect the way you talk to them. And there is a there is a, a rampant lie that's been spread over the years. You remember the old phrase, sticks and stones may break your bones, but names will never hurt you? That is a, that is a bold-faced lie. Sticks and stones will break your bones, but names you may never recover from. 
Words hurt worse. Where was that lesson? Right here. I'm glad you came. They hurt worse. People see themselves by the things they were called when they were kids. To this day. And so when somebody tells them, somebody, even some people will say, how could you love me? And they see these things and they make choices because that's what's expected. Listen, if you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, I see prince and princesses. I see those who have been redeemed and God chose and adopted in his family. Don't you let anything the world says about you what you look like, what color your eyes are. Define where you're going with the Lord. Because God can, somebody says this a long time ago, God can draw a straight line with a crooked stick. But I got news for you. God will take a crooked stick and make it a straight one. And then he'll draw whatever line he wants. And if it's an arc and he calls it a straight line, it's a straight line. It's whatever God says it is. That's what truth is. And so the father's rejoicing because he saw the change. Constant correction will drive people away from you. Y'all like that? Y'all like to have people in your life that tell you you're wrong all the time? That you can't do anything? That you're dumb how could you have thought that now here's the fact we probably have all said that at some time or thought it and people picked up on it okay so let's let's not say I know y'all getting real quiet so I know I'm getting close we've all said or done that but when you communicate that to other people you drive them away from you and that's true parents you will drive your kids away from you if it's all it is, is correction all the time. You have to celebrate your children. You have to see the change. You have to let them see it. They'll never see it if you don't see it. You don't show it to them. Because I see these young men and young women in this room. And there's amazing things that are in their life. Amazing. And you know, parents, y'all see it. But how often do we say it? How often do we tell them? Tell them. Tell them. Let them hear from you. Let them know how much you preach. Let them know about those characteristics about them that are special. You want to lead your children? That's how you lead people. You celebrate them. Don't you want to be around people who think you're awesome? Amen. Right? That's how you lead. Now you don't lie to them. You tell them the truth. Kids will spot a lie faster than anything. You don't lie. You always be honest. But fathers, I'm going to give you one last thing here. Out of these verses, fathers, realize this. Siblings will always compete for your love. Always. <laughs> I have a sister, and we competed. We're still competing. I'm hoping I'm leading. 
They won't tell us so that we have to keep doing it. <laughs> but kids will always compete. Now, so the older son, he's upset. Because it seems like there's no punishment for what his brother did. But they're celebrating. Now, as a kid, this would seem unfair, right? He went and he blew all the money and you're throwing him a party? Parents kind of understand, though, we have a different view, right? But you're throwing him a party? What? Fairness matters to kids. Listen, I'm going to give you a fun one. If you've got two kids or more in your family or two grandchildren and you're cutting a cake and everybody's getting a piece, here's how you do it. You make one cut and then the other one gets to pick which piece they want. So the one cutting doesn't get to pick the pieces. I guarantee tape measures and rulers and all of that protractors will come out. <laughs> one cuts, one picks. And it's never the same kid. That's a side note. They're celebrating. It made no sense. And he even wondered if his, probably wondered if his, bro, his father loved his brother more. Right? I expect. That would be a natural reaction, I would think. And so he's so upset that when he refers to his brother, did you notice this when we read it? He said, this son of yours, he didn't say my brother. He said, this son of yours has squandered all his wealth. All your wealth, really. Now that's an interesting comment too. Because if he had given it to him, whose is it? His. Once you give something, it's yours. It, it, once you give something, it's whoever you gave it to. And so you can't take ownership of something you've given or you didn't give it. <laughs> and so he was jealous of his brother and didn't think that his, what his father did was fair. Does that sound familiar, dads? That's not fair! You ever had your kids say that to you? That's not fair. Yes. Children watch for fairness, but every child is different. Children do watch for fairness, but every child is different. They'll play it in different ways. And so finally, the father begins to explain that he was celebrating the life of his younger son. See, fathers celebrate your children because they are your children. They're a gift. He was celebrating, your brother who was dead is now alive. That's what I'm celebrating. I'm not celebrating his decisions. I'm not celebrating the mistakes he made. I'm celebrating the fact that he is alive today. He was celebrating the life of his son. And so in this study of the father's heart, what do we learn? There's some significant things that are missed when you when you think about this as the story of the prodigal son. First, fathers who genuinely love their children give of their possessions and their heart. Fathers don't expect your kids to understand. They can't. The only sacrifice that they know usually is if they have to give up something that they have 15 of. If they give up one. Now, there are some kids out there who are very sensitive. 
who will give you the shirt off their own back. And we're all different like that. Don't expect them to understand your sacrifice. Kids, be grateful and realize this. All you boys and girls, young people out there, everything your parents give you is something they cannot buy for themselves. Every cent they spend on you is something that they cannot spend on themselves. So if they give you a $100 cell phone or a $25 pair of pants, that's $25 that they earn doing work and they don't get to spend it on them. They spend it on you. And there's a reason they spend it on you. And it's because they love you. And I know sometimes you think, well, they had to because my pants were now just below my kneecaps. And I had grown out of them. Parents, we know that story, right? Y'all know that story. You say, I had to do something. They don't have to do anything. We could have cut those pants off and made them shorts. There's a lot of parents who don't do anything. But if your parents have given to you, they, that's money that's coming out of them. That's because you're important. Realize your parents love you. Be grateful. <laughs> and you know what? Show some gratitude. Show some gratitude. Tell them thank you. Tell them you love them. Tell your father today that you love him. Two, fathers, realize that some of the issues you're having with your children is because they want you. They want your time. They want your effort. They want to believe in you. They want to see you as somebody that they want to emulate their life after. They want you. They want you to stand for what's right. They don't want to. You know what? Kids can smell hypocrisy a mile away. They will take note, mental note of what you say and watch what you do to see if it matches. And so fathers, it's a heavy burden, isn't it? <laughs> but if your heart is right, it comes real easy. You need to learn to see past their behavior. It's better that your children want you rather than wanting nothing to do with you. And I'm going to give you one third one. This, I think, is the most significant part of this passage. Realize this, that both brothers had the same problem. Both brothers had the same problem. Well, but there was a good brother and there was a brother who blew it all. Both brothers had the same problem and I'm going to prove it to you. One brother assumed that the father would not accept him back because of what he did. Right? One brother assumed the father had to accept him. Because of what he did. Right? The same problem that they had was this. They thought they were accepted based on behavior. 
Fathers don't accept us based or reject us based on behavior. They accept or reject us based upon the fact that they're our father. That, I think, is the real lesson that God meant to convey when he put this in Scripture. Not the prodigal son. <laughs> why, would we, why would he focus on a kid who blew it all? Well, that makes no sense. This is a story of our Heavenly Father and how He loves us. He said, I don't care what you did. I love you anyway. You're in the family. <coughs> They're arguing both from positions of acceptance based on behavior. You should accept me because I've always been here. He won't accept me because of what I've done. It's all acceptance. All of it. See, they thought they were competing for the Father's love the whole time. And what they didn't realize is they always had it. They always had it. Fathers, don't you love your kids? Really, I mean, it's always there, right? It's always there. It never goes away. Your heart may break because of decisions they're making, but it doesn't affect the love, right? And your heart may rejoice because of decisions, but it doesn't affect the love. And that's the big mistake here. They didn't realize that they already had it. You know, I saw, I read this story about two brothers. I thought this would be interesting for today. These two brothers, and there was an older brother and a younger brother, obviously. They weren't, unless they were twins, but they'd still be, one would be a few minutes apart, but there was an older and a younger brother. And the older brother went up to the younger brother and he said, listen, I'll make you a deal. They were hard boiling some eggs. It was around Easter time. He said, I'll make you a deal. He said, if you let me crack three raw eggs on your head, I'll give you a dollar. And the little boy, the younger brother said, do you promise? He said, I promise. I have you let me crack three eggs on your head, I'll give you a dollar. And he thinks about it, he goes, all right. And so he stands there and the brother goes and gets three eggs. And he stands there and the little brother is ready. And he cracks the first one and it's running and driven down. And the older brother's laughing and he's getting willies. He just keeps thinking about the dollar. And so the brother gets the second egg and cracks it under his brother's head and he's running down and it's just getting gooier. And then he stands there for about 10 more seconds and he asks his brother, he said, well, aren't you going to do the third egg? Are you ready? He goes, no, the third egg will cost me a dollar. <laughs> Listen, brothers are not always the most supportive. They're not. But all us kids must realize that our fathers love us unconditionally because they're our father. They love us. Sometimes a father can be selfish at times. I mean, we're humans too. Sometimes we don't see what you see. Maybe that's why you're there. 
But if you're ever going to approach your father with something like that, you need to be respectful if you bring it up. And you need to be in the two reasons. Number one, he's your father. Two, you want the Holy Spirit to move freely. And if it's arrogancy and about you, then that's a problem. If it's humility and the, and the spirit, your heart is breaking, you'd be amazed what God can do. And so kids, celebrate your father today and every day. Here's the fact. Here's the fact. He loves you no matter what. No matter what you do. No matter what. You could be CEO of a company. You could go out and, and try out for American Idol. He's going to love you either way. Parents and fathers love us. Love is not the issue. Don't worry about your parents ever not loving you. They give their very life for you. They're giving their money, their wealth, their time, everything for you. And kids don't ever... You think when they move out that they don't need you anymore. That's not true, right? <laughs> kids always need their parents and they're always there. And some of them even come home to roost. out and it's like that you like that ball and that little paddle ball thing you kick them out and here they come right back at you you hit them again and they just keep coming back and so fathers we want you I'm going to speak for all these kids in here we want you to know something we love you right back I'm going to say read the father head and close your eyes